Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. This week on the ASB, I sit down with character and prop designer Chris Battle. Basically, he did pretty much everything from your childhood, so give it a listen. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh, and joining me today, I have animation character designer Chris Battle. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Josh. How you doing? Pretty good. So, first off, uh, just for our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm an animation uh, character designer, specifically working in uh, television, and um, uh, I've been working on uh, a lot of shows that your audience might be familiar with, uh, most notably uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack. Uh, most recently, I've been uh, on the past five seasons of Teen Titans Go. Uh, most, most of that is all Cartoon Network, but I've worked for a lot of other studios as well, Disney, Nickelodeon, all of them. So now, so you basically help uh, design characters for a lot of people's childhood. Childhoods. <laughs> I know it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, is is that something that you like when you meet people and they find out that you've worked on this show? Like, is it like a gushing experience? Do you feel really honored to have, you know, worked on somebody's childhood? Absolutely, you know, because um, most of us in the animation industry, we uh, we grew up with cartoons uh, the same as anybody else, and uh, we we were ex- uh, inspired as children uh, to become artists, and uh, so getting to kind of you know contribute to that same cycle again, and uh, whether it's just you know making a great experience for somebody's childhood or possibly inspiring a new wave of artists, it's it's a very cool thing. So it's it's kind of a tradition. Uh, that uh, that we're a part of, and so I, I definitely enjoy that. Nice. So um, let's kind of go into that aspect. So, what made you want to be an artist? Like, was was there a certain TV show or something that you grew up with? Did you see a movie and you were like, you know what, I want to do that for a living? Well, I was one of those kids that I guess uh, I just uh, started drawing ever since I was a little kid with crayon in my hand and uh, moving up to pencils and stuff. And, and uh, both of my parents uh, were uh, were artists, and they they definitely were uh, you know very, very enthusiastic about uh, supporting you know whatever your kid likes to do, just just uh, feed that. And so. Uh, they, they definitely were very supportive and always wanted to get me as much uh, pencil and paper as they could. My dad made sure he brought home all types of all kinds of spare uh, paper from the print shop at work that they'd be tossing. A lot of my childhood drawings have uh, a misprinted memo uh, that was supposed to be distributed to the office on, on the back. Uh, and they took me to all kind of uh, art shows. And uh, I grew up here in uh, Los Angeles. So... There was always a lot of access to, um, uh, to animation studios or artists. So whenever there was like an appearance at a store by maybe an artist who wrote a book or if uh, they were able to, uh, uh, to get me to meet uh, artists or get a tour of a studio, they, they were always uh, arranging that. So, yeah, I, I was always, always drawing as a child. Uh, what are some of your uh, or were some of your biggest influences when you were growing up? Well, uh, I mean, uh, definitely uh, all Marvel and DC comics. I mean, that, that's always a good gateway thing. But uh, just growing up the, as I did in the uh, 70s and 80s, there was uh, there was a great combination of both 
all the old classics like Looney Tunes and Hanna Barbera, and then as we got to the eighties, have all the all the newer stuff, uh, Transformers, Voltron, and then uh, when anime really started coming in, that that was a big game changer. Uh, but definitely one of the biggest things was when the original Star Wars came out when I was uh, six years old. I mean that. It was mind blowing, you know. It, it it's obviously defined a generation of us, and uh, and being a being an art kid, uh, my parents would often uh, buy me the uh, art of Star Wars books, like when it was birthday or Christmas time, and so I got to just pour over all of these drawings, and and I and I knew from that and all the making of specials that there were people whose job it was to draw and design all these things and then build models and do paintings and things like that. So I was very aware at an early age that there were people who, who make these things that I watch and it's, it's their job to do that. And that, you know, maybe I could do that someday. It was, it was very much a reality for me. So were you more drawn to, uh, sorry, drawn towards the, uh, no pun intended, uh, drawn <laughs> towards like creating characters or doing more of that prop design? Grounds mm. uh, and everything like that. I, I think when you're a kid, you just kind of draw everything. Probably, you know, when you're really young, you're just trying to draw a drawing of Superman or, or Darth Vader or something like that. And then as you get a little bit older, then maybe you're wanting to, you know, draw uh, draw the whole Death Star or or, uh, or or the Hall of Justice behind them, you know. And then, you know, when you're a really young kid, you're just like, oh, I want to do everything, you know. Um, you, you, you decide you, you want to draw comic books, so you start drawing your own comic books on paper. Then you think, oh, I want to be a comic strip artist for the newspapers. And, you know, you just kind of start just drawing whatever you want. There's there's no real plan when you're like, you know, eight years old, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what's funny is that eventually that did actually turn into into my job, which is pretty funny. <laughs> so so how did that go? How, how did you go from drawing um, on the back of Dad's old memos <laughs> to um, – basically where you are now oh, well it's I, I mean it's it's an interesting and unusual path but um well, well for, for a while i wasn't really sure what what i was going to do um you know as, as to try to make this a living or anything like that uh i, I was fortunate enough to go to a high school uh, santa monica high school uh, that had a, a specific curriculum tailored towards artists like there would be a definite path that you would move through these uh design classes and then illustration classes uh but uh, I didn't usually get that much support uh, from a lot of the faculty because a lot of my art was cartoon art. And so many of them thought, oh, well, when you grow out of that, you can do real art. But uh, fortunately, my, my, my teacher, he was very supportive of my art and let me do a lot of cartoon illustration for all my projects. But um, really, I graduated and I had no idea where to go with it because... Uh, I, you know, I loved comic strips, but I thought, well, I don't have the idea for the next Calvin and Hobbes or, or Peanuts. And, uh, you know, I loved cartoons and animation, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to do a million drawings uh, just to make a ball bounce across a room. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't know what to do. So I was just maybe taking some uh, some courses at a local community college and just graphic design or illustration yeah, you know, just just kind of you know floundering a little bit there uh, post graduation, and so I, I knew I needed a job just to have some spending money. So uh, I wound up getting a job at uh, the Hanna Barbera retail store, which is very much like uh, the Disney stores that are still around today. Mm -hmm. It was all based on the Hanna Barbera characters. Uh, you know, this half designed like a big Flintstone uh, prehistoric land and half uh, Jetsons future land. And it was run by the animation studio itself. So they would uh, bring us all up to the studio out there in Hollywood to have a tour to make sure everybody knew how animation worked. And, you know, unfortunately, I was already 
yeah, I was really in that headspace. Like, oh, I know what all this is, you know, stuff like that. And they would often have uh, special events at the store, like having, uh, you know, Bill Han and Joseph Barbera or other directors or artists come on down. And a lot of the employees would come in uh, and we would get to know them because, you know, they would present their um, employee discount card and our manager would say, you help them out all they can, uh, all you can, because they're the reason we have a job, give them special attention. So I got to know the head of design uh, at the time there at the studio. And uh, one day my manager just just said, hey, you know, this guy, he does drawings. And I'm like, dude, sh- shut up, shut up. You know, man, this, I'm just doing little doodles. And and uh, and he says, dude, you should totally show him your cartoons. I'm like, shut up, dude. And 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 the and the main artist said, well, yeah, sure. I'd love to see your stuff. And I, I just had a little folder there that when I was on break, I would be doodling stuff. And he said, hey, these are, these are pretty good. You should uh, come by the studio sometime. Come and see me if you have like more of a portfolio to show me. Eventually, I, I did do that, and uh, and he said, well, you know, keep in touch. Maybe someday we could use you or something. And uh, eventually, those stores got closed up after a big uh, corporate buyout when uh, Turner bought Hanna-Barbera, uh, with, you know, with an eye towards getting the whole Hanna-Barbera library to create what became Cartoon Network. Uh, and I kept in touch. I kept uh, mailing, uh, you know, promo pieces to this artist. And then uh, about a year later, uh, he and a lot of Hanna-Barbera artists had left, and they formed MGM Animation. And they were doing a new Pink Panther cartoon, and he said, "Hey, would you like to come on in and uh, and, and work?" Uh, and I said, "Yes." Uh, and that and that that was my first start because uh, it was part of that big wave uh, in the early '90s where there was there was a big resurgence in animation following uh, the release of like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Beauty and the Beast, and The Simpsons. All of a sudden, animation was booming. And there was uh, there was more projects than there was talent. So they were pretty much giving anybody who could hold a pencil a tryout. You know, I mean, nowadays you really have to know your stuff. So uh, it, it's inconceivable that I would be able to get in the way I did. What was I a, a young uh, nineteen to twenty year old? Uh, so um, yeah, that's I, I just got in. I got my shot at a small studio, and I knew nothing. I was so green. I, I didn't know how to technically do all the drawings. And so uh, I wasn't quite ready to do character design. So uh, what they had me do at first was prop design. So that, that was at least my start. So what is the difference between prop design and character design? Obviously, okay, well, you know, other than the words... Mm-hmm. In front of design. <laughs> sure. Well, well, uh, most obviously the character design, you are designing uh, the characters in the show. But for prop design, that's uh, anything that's moving that isn't like part of the background. So you'll have uh, cars or any other kind of vehicles. If the character picks up a sandwich, uh, you know, the anvil that drops on Wile E. Coyote's head, things like that. So, uh, you know, the average show will have, have plenty of props to design. And, uh, you know, at least for me, that, that was an easier way to ease into animation design than, than to draw characters. So um, what, what's nice is that primarily I'm a character designer, but every now and again, I could also dip back into prop design uh, as well. And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm cursing that sometimes when they say, hey, we have uh, a giant, uh, we have a giant robot that needs to be designed, but it's going to be a transformer. It's first going to be a car and then it's going to transform the robot. And because it's the character's car, we need them to tie in. Can you do all that? I'm like, Oh God, why did I let them know? I know how to do props, but <laughs> I can't complain. It's, sometimes it keeps you working. If you could have more than one talent like that. So, so here, here's a question. So you have to do, uh, like say you're working on something and they want you to design a character. How much input do do the creators? I mean, like mm-hmm. creators, producers, 
like how how much influence do they have over what you mm. do or is it one of those where they're like here yeah. create something and then we'll tweak it yeah. from what we like how we envision it yeah it, it could be a little it could be a lot uh, depending on the, on the project and on the creator i mean so, sometimes you'll all just sit down with the script and uh you know you'll, you'll just talk about what the character is They'll say, they might say hey you know what i'm thinking i, I totally want to do a jack kirby influence design or, or do you remember that old show where there was this guy on it and you go, yeah or or they'll tell you who the voice actor is going to be you know that might be important because you know you don't want to draw a little skinny guy and then they're like oh yeah we got this this big heavy set actor and you could tell by his voice that he's a big guy or something but um a lot of times you just maybe do do a little sketch and maybe they'll say oh uh i like sketch number three go with that one or, um, or or maybe the director, they might have a really rough sketch and then I'll, this is my concept. You you go and you make it awesome. Do your, put your little spin on it. And then usually then you'll uh, you'll turn in uh, your artwork uh, to the, uh, either the main character designer or art director or the showrunner, whoever it is that you, uh, that, that you report to. And uh, yeah, they'll either give it a thumbs up or they might be like, mm, can you just like, you know, give them slightly longer hair or like, you know, you know, shorten this cape or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's a real collaborative uh, process, which is always pretty cool. Um, are you allowed to talk about some of the characters that you've designed? Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as it's something that's, uh, that, that's, that's aired already. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's out free, free reign. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, can, can you maybe give us like a, you know, a little rough, like a little sketch of, you know, a little rough, uh, wow. I can't even talk this morning. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little bit of how, some of the characters that you've created over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there, there's uh, there's not too many like like big famous ones I've necessarily created because there's a lot of the shows I've worked on that uh, you know if if it's something like uh, like Dexter's Lab or Power. Girls, you know, most of that is all created by uh, Gendy or Craig, and maybe we're doing like little supporting characters. Or they designed it themselves, and maybe we flesh it out and do that. Or, um, you know, that, especially nowadays, uh, cartoons, much like all of Hollywood, it's all about a lot of remakes and reboots. And so, Teen Titans Go, uh, we're obviously playing in the big DC Comics uh, sandbox. So, uh, I mean, that one's kind of interesting because um, we were definitely always trying to reference the 2000. Glenn Murakami series, but also we would dig into uh, all of the DC Comics history and maybe reference something. Uh, we'd reference like uh, the, the 1980s comics, or we'd uh, also do like stuff from the Super Friends and especially live action things as well, either from the 80s or currently, things like that. Like, uh, like I did a whole... Um, a whole scene with all of the DC Comics villains, mostly Batman's villains, where I finally was able to design a Deathstroke, also known as Slade, in our series. Uh, for for the series, uh, it was a very short scene. Yeah, but then I did everybody else. I was doing uh, you know Poison Ivy, uh, Bane, uh, Gorilla Grodd, uh, Darkseid, and you know for a lot of that stuff, I would go in and just look at every different version over the past fifty years that's done for a lot of those characters. So a lot of times there's a bit of research uh, that goes into it, and that's always the fun part. So um, is it is it easier when you have that bit of research, or is it easier for you to just come up with something off the top of your head? <laughs> you, you know, it, it can go both ways, you know, because sometimes when you have nothing but a blank sheet of paper, it can be a, a little daunting until you find that character. Uh, and But but sometimes when, when you know that you're designing a pre-existing thing, that, that, that takes a lot of uh, the indecision uh, off off your plate uh, because you just know that, okay, I'm supposed to be doing uh, a, a new version of Nightwing. 
so I know where to start. Yeah, and you sometimes, especially with the character that's Always got some history. Always tassels with Nightwing. Mm-hmm. He had those tassels back in the back in the eighties. Those were that was. That was oh man, that was the, uh, the, the, the high collar. I, exactly. I, I really wish we could have. I could have done like a full on dorky Nightwing like that. But I did keep the mullet from the uh, from from the new adventures of Batman. Yes, you know, so that that was a big part that I was able to keep in there. So, but. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot, lot, lot of that stuff really helps because you know which things to cast off or which things to maybe make fun of. You know, in the case of uh, our Teen Titans Go, since it's a comedy, I knew it's like I've got to have that mullet because because that's like the big embarrassing moment that even the designers on on that original series are like, yeah, we gave him a mullet. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, country music was really popular back then. Yeah, you know, Night, Nightwing's had, Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus had just come up with his smash hit, so yeah, yeah. And, and like, Nightwing is all so. business in front, uh, action party in the back. <laughs> so how how exactly did you make? So so you were at MGM. So how mm-hmm. did you go from MGM to something like uh, working on like Avril Monsters or going to like Cartoon Network? How wh- where did that transition happen? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, it, it's it's always pretty simple. I mean, and that one was uh, was because you know, I was brand new in the business. I, I did not go to art school, so I didn't have that big uh, network of contacts yet. So uh, when Pink Panther uh, ended, I was just asking my producers uh, if they knew anybody I could call, and one of them said, "Well, here's this uh, here's a number for Klasky Chupo." And uh, I knew that studio because they had uh, done the original uh, couple seasons of The Simpsons. They had done really cool things like the Beastie Boys Shadrach video. And I knew that they, they had a really interesting visual style, which uh, that, that I, I had a lot more interest in that personally. So um, I wound up going over there and they, uh, they said, well, you, uh, we have a spot open doing background design on a new show called Duckman. And that was like, you know, I'd only had one job. I said, I'll try background design. Um, and, and it turned out you know, that that wasn't really my thing. I'm not very good at it. But uh, so at least I learned that. But in the meantime, I was able to to get in uh, on character design on Ah Real Monsters, which was uh, at the time the new show that they brought in uh, to fill the slot of uh, Rugrats because they, they had done like three or four seasons of that. And that was done. Uh so uh, I wound up uh, doing characters on Real Monsters uh, and learning how to draw like a Russian because uh, the big thing about that studio, it mainly used Eastern Bloc talent and uh, you know all, all these Russian artists who, who had come over after, after the end of communism. They were free to come here to Los Angeles and uh, be artists. And uh, it was a great time uh, learning to draw in new styles. And uh, one thing that, uh, that that definitely changed uh, my career was uh, one of uh, one of uh, the character artists I was working with. He had uh, recently graduated from Cal Arts, and he was uh, uh, he was like maybe one or two years uh, behind uh, guys like Gandhi and Craig. So uh, when we had been seeing these new shorts coming out of Hanna Barbera's What a Cartoon project, obviously some of the big standouts were Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I know them. I went to school with them." And so uh, when Dexter's Lab went to series, this guy left to go do storyboards on that. And in short order, several of us started like uh, saying, hey, what's going on over there? What you got? So um, definitely I, I made sure I had lunch with them over there and uh, I got to meet Gandy and Craig. And they said, oh, yeah, why don't you do a test? You know, and I, and, and I did a little test and uh, instead was like, yeah. Yeah, when can you start? I was like, yes, you know, because that was that was a show that was very, uh, very exciting for me to work on because I already loved it, and uh, that that was the start of seven years working with Gandhi and Craig on all their finest 
and um, working with uh, not only you know all these great uh, Cal Arts graduates, but also a lot of the uh, artists from the original run of Ren and Stimpy as well from Smumco. So uh, I didn't go to art school, but I consider those seven years that that was my art school, learning from all the yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a lot of talent that you were just kind of like kind of like pushed into yeah right yeah yeah i really had to up my game that, that was very <laughs> stressful for a while it's like it's like being being a really good high school athlete and all of a sudden you're, you're pushed into the pro leagues uh but wow uh, just learned so much from everybody there just all the best artists in the business and kind of i like to think it's kind of like by osmosis because it's not like anybody was giving me lessons or anything but you just get to uh just look over everybody's shoulders and maybe grab copies of their artwork it, it, it really upped my game big time so very lucky to have gotten in on that. All right. So this is probably going to be a bit of a weird question, but I mean, you've worked on a lot of things. Is there anything that you were really sad that may have been canceled early that you were really looking forward to working more on? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I it's. Mean, it, I, I was I was yeah. just looking at your list here, and I was like, man, I loved Symbiotic Titan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, loved that show so much. Mm. Yeah, you know, I only did a little bit of freelance on like maybe one or two episodes of that, but you know, I was between uh, between gigs on another show, so I, I never really got to have the full uh, Symbiotic Titan experience. But um, yeah, you know, it's like most of the things I worked on there either went for a good long time, uh, you know, like like the case of uh, of my time uh, working at Cartoon Network on, you know, that was seven years going back and forth from uh, multiple seasons of Dexter's Powerpuff and Samurai Jack, plus the Powerpuff Girls movie. So, you know, that definitely had uh, all I could have ever dreamed on those shows. And, you know, I had five seasons on uh, Teen Titans Go. Uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, you know, I have been lucky enough to just just get a good chunk of experience working with uh, any given show. And, and if anything was a short tenure, it was like, oh, that's fine. I did one season of this show, but then I hopped over onto the next show that I really wanted to work on. So I, I got to say, I'm luck lucky enough that everything I've worked on, it's been like for the right amount of time, I'd say. That's nice. Now, uh, when, when you were at uh, Nickelodeon, like I, I'm not 100% sure. Like I barely remember, like I remember when Nick like moved all of their stuff from... <coughs> Uh, from Orlando and like when they shut down all that stuff that was used to be in Universal and everything like that did you ever work there or, or have you always been in California? Yeah, always been in California. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm not super familiar with a lot of that part of the history, but as far as I know, I, I don't think they ever had animation studios okay, out was there. It, yeah, it may yeah. have been just like the live action. Stuff. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like su super sloppy double dare and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, cause they still film a lot of those shows out of, studios out here in Hollywood, it used to be that all the Nicktoons were done by uh, smaller animation studios. Like there was a couple of uh, uh, studios out in New York, I think did uh, Doug and shows like that. And, uh, you know, like uh, Spunko would do Ren and Stimpy, Klasky Chivo uh, did Rugrats and Real Monsters and things like that. So it, it wasn't until uh, somewhere, I think, in the, in the late 90s, I'm thinking, I might, my timing might be off on that, they, they opened up uh, Nickelodeon animation studios here in Burbank. So, okay, yeah, that that makes that makes sense. Because I was trying to think, I was like, I remember that Nickelodeon had a bunch of stuff in Orlando because like mm -hmm. that was one of the big draws to going to sure uh, Universal. There is because they had the Nickelodeon exhibit, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, yeah, because I think it's yeah, and, and you know Disney animation. 
they actually had working animation studios down down there in uh, in Disney World. You know, they they were I, I can't remember what what they were doing out there. I can't remember if they did Lilo and Stitch out there among other things, but they they definitely had a working feature animation studio out in Florida at their park. Well, I mean, yeah, they they have like half of that state it seems with how mm-hmm. many places. Sure, sure. <laughs> um okay, so yeah, this will be a, this will be kind of a, a fun little question. So I'm going to give you an unlimited budget. So I want you to go and I want you to... You, you can bring something back that has previously run its course or was canceled early or something that just ended. Or I'm going to give you free reign to create something. Like if you want to do something from scratch, if you want to do... Because I mean, like, like we kind of talked about, like with She-Ra and Thundercats and Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. they're bringing all these old things back with just a different animation style. Mm-hmm. What is it that you would want to do? Well, you know, considering that pretty much everything uh, has already been remade or is currently being remade, there's still something that hasn't really been touched upon that I would love to see done. And if I could do it, that would be fun. Uh, you know, what would be cool is to just do an old school uh, post episode for Star Wars. Like, just not, you know, right after, right after they blew up the dust and they had their award ceremony, Luke is in his yellow jacket with the black, and uh, there's, there's no, no overarching epic saga story, it's just they're, the gang is all together, they hop in the Millennium Falcon and they're going around the galaxy having adventures, you know, maybe you'll have a little, little tie-in here or there with something, but, you know, no, no big saga or anything, just having cool adventures and going to weird planets and messing around and uh, weird alien cantinas and stuff like that. That, that would be a lot of fun. So I'm going to take it big Star Wars fan. Maybe. Maybe. maybe? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. just, look, just looking at your Skype icon and it's a, the cutest little Jawa I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks yeah. almost like a Hershey's kiss. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 like it's like a little cartoon snack. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. You know that that was just you know every generation always has one of those big touchstone items, and you know Star Wars was such a big thing. There's so many of us, especially in animation, that was the big thing that uh, that blew our little minds and got us drawing or writing or painting or whatever it is. You know. Well, now that we're on Star Wars, let's just stay on Star Wars. So. <laughs> Um, have, how have you been liking the new, like, or have you been checking out any of the newest, like, animation? Like, like, well, like, well, Clone Wars, or, like, yeah. I, I know Gindy did his, uh, what was it? Was, it, was, was, was it just, was it the Clone Wars, or was he just Clone Wars? I think it was just Clone Wars, I and, think, yeah. yeah. I think the mm-hmm. new one had put the the in front of it. The, maybe, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the new, the new old one now at this yes. point. Gosh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always dip in and out of uh, some of those series. I mean, at first when I saw the first Clone Wars, I'm like, mm, kind of like Gandhi's. I wish that, you know, they had made it a little more different than that. But, I mean, that show wound up being pretty incredible. And uh, and Rebels was incredible as well. Curious to see uh, the, the new one. Uh, Resistance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. It's it's definitely a fun time to see all, all this new product. Uh, you know, some of the new movies have been very cool. Definitely love The Force Awakens and uh, and loved Rogue One. You know, some of the other ones, eh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm up there. Yeah. Like, I, I liked Rogue One just because to me that one, it seemed like more in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they get to the dirty, grungy uh, episode four style stuff, it's great. And also, you know, just, just a cool idea, cool new characters, you know. Uh, took some real creative risks with that one, but 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's it's just like anything else. So it's like not every movie has to be the greatest thing ever. You know, some movies come out there like ah, that, that was OK. You know, we'll see what the next one is. Right. No biggie. Exactly. And like yeah. to me, like I, I put myself a Star Trek fan over Star Wars and I sit and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we we have we have movies, too. They're they're out there. <laughs> we've we've got them. The last one was good. The other ones, you know, they were they were movies as well. Yeah, uh, now, now, now you're getting a whole bunch of new TV. So, you know. There's, there's still not there's still not much more Star Wars TV except for uh, cartoons, but I but I guess uh, I'm hearing that we'll have some new stuff coming up again. Yeah, Fab, so, doing one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there, there's so much content now. You know, it's it's not like it's a make or break deal like like when we were all kids. Like there's only one movie that's just gonna make it for the next three years. Like no, now we have movies and video games and TV series and animated series. You know, if if, if something doesn't doesn't hit, you know. No, no problem. Wait till the next one, I guess. Did you do any of the like any of the like the Star Wars books and everything? Because I mean, we had we had three movies for twenty years, and then we like so we only had like books in between. Until episode one came out. Yeah, no, I, I no, I, I don't. Uh, no, I never really got into the books and stuff. But I, you know, I definitely played. Uh, you know, whatever video game would come out, I would always, you know, gobble that up. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to play this, man. You know, but uh, yeah, played a lot of Shadows of the Empire, especially uh, yeah. using all the all the cheat codes that you can, you know, make uh, just just play as a Wampa and attack stormtroopers all day and stuff like that. Or, or, or uh, I think one of the games had you you could play uh, in, in an old Ford Falcon flying through outer space. Oh, so is is there anything uh, anything current right now that you're you know really into? Like we'll do we'll do animation wise. We're kind of going off the rails too. So animation wise, <laughs> non animation wise, you know, is is there anything that you're like super into at the moment? Something that really uh, tickles yeah. your fancy? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm still like super behind on uh, on the new Voltron series, uh, but I really love that. I mean, you know, that that that's that, that's much like all, all those really great uh, recent uh, reviews of series, uh, be it like GI Joe Resolute or or the 2011 Thundercats. That's where you take one of those old properties and you have uh, new uh, new uh, animators uh, given a proper budget and uh, really great writing, and uh, it's a super upgrade. Uh, kind of as we would choose to remember it uh, as kids when the original um, source material was perhaps not quite up to the quality that uh, we're used to now. But uh, yeah, the new Voltron is amazing. And I'm so far behind. That's that's the only problem now. There's too much TV and I'm working all the time and I can't uh, I, I can't watch it and work. You know, I need to watch animation. So if I try to do it while working, then <laughs> I'm, I'm not drawing anymore. Yeah, you know? it, it always seems like there's never enough time. Like, there's so much there's good not. stuff up there, and mm -hmm. then there's just never enough time to watch any of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's uh, it's it's tough. It's tough, you know. And, I mean, there's all, all sorts of uh, other great stuff. You know, like, uh, you know, the, the new DuckTales. You know, the, that's another example of a great re reboot. Loving it. And, um yeah, it's it's like uh, everything that's that, that I can think of is stuff that's maybe been on for a while, and I'm like I'm just behind. Or uh, there's other things that I'm seeing being done, but they haven't been announced. That's that's the other tough part about being in yeah. the business. You you know of what's coming, but like I, I can't say anything about that one. You know. So so here's a question. Um, we had Mike Anderson on, and he does uh, a lot of comics and everything, and he's a big fan of like some of those like early like late 80s early 90s cartoons like 
biker face, biker mice from Mars, <laughs> street sharks, like He-Man, stuff like that. So here's a question. Just going from someone who, uh, or, or asking someone who does character design, how come there was that period where everybody was this big, jacked, like, impossibly large type of person? You know, I, I can't really say that. That's just a little bit before my time because, I, I, you know, I, I got in in, uh, in 93, and uh, I've been lucky enough that uh, most of what I was working on was not like uh, like that kind of 80s or post-80s kind of a thing where everything was based on a toy or something like that, which I guess maybe that's the main reason they were, right? Because coming off the Ninja Turtles' success, everybody wanted their own Ninja Turtles. And like, yeah, boys like superheroes, getting big muscles and stuff like that. So luckily, I, I never really had to work on that kind of stuff. So I, I can only guess, like, as I just said, that Ruth's just trying to spin it off whatever else was successful, as a lot of those things kind of had a bit of an imitator kind of a vibe to them, you know. But, uh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, it's, it's one of those things I've always wondered. And, like, that's why I liked, you know, Biker Mice from Mars a little bit more than some of the others, just because <laughs> they, weren't, they, they weren't these, like, super jacked bros. Like, they were ripped, <laughs> but they weren't, like, jacked. So like I've always I always like them to be like these mice riding motorcycles from another planet they're more realistic. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that uh, that scene in uh, Stand by Me where the kids are having an argument over whether Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman uh, yeah. and they say like stupid question is that Mighty Mouse is a cartoon Superman's a real guy. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. Um. So, what were some of your favorite? I mean, I know you you mentioned some of the stuff that you watched growing up, but like, did you have an mm-hmm. absolute favorite growing up? Like a favorite animated thing? Mm. That, well, whatever well, it was on, you were like, I gotta sit in front of the TV yeah. and watch this. Yeah, my my ultimate big favorite was always uh, Looney Tunes. You know, the, you know the, the original Warner Brothers cartoons, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, all all of them. They, you know, they, you just can't beat those. I mean, they even as you watch them as an adult, they are still incredibly funny. Uh, beautifully animated, and, and in some of the later ones from the 50s, I mean, the, the backgrounds are amazing. So, uh, yeah, those are the best, and those hold the test of time for sure. And that and that also informed most of my taste that I, I, I like to draw comedy shows. You know, as much as I love comic books, I never really went uh, heavily into doing the action-style, realistic stuff. I always liked uh, the comedy. So that's, that's still the tops to me. Did you have a favorite uh, Looney Tunes character? Uh, well, it, it, it goes back and forth between uh, Bugs Bunny. Of course, he's like the greatest cartoon character ever. But uh, there's uh, Daffy Duck uh, can be a lot of a lot of fun, especially the greedy asshole Daffy Duck. <laughs> but I mean, Bugs Bunny, right? That's, oh yeah, that, it's, that, it's that, he's, he's the coolest. And, and we all wish we could be him. Oh my like, god, that's, right. that's the only way that you know. If you could deal with anybody giving you some business, you know, the way he does, man. Because like, even even when he's like a total d bag, you're like, I got you, Bugs Bunny. Well, you know he never starts it. He's, oh, no, he's no, always yeah, he will finish That's it. the best. He will finish it. Oh yeah, he will finish it. But you know, it's always because it's a big bully who really just wants to like bulldozer over his home. And he's always like, Hey man, you, you mind not not uh, messing with my house here? I just want to you know eat eat my carrots in in private here. And uh, yeah, they they always bring it. So he uh, he responds in kind. He's morally justified. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that would hold up in a court of law. Mm-hmm. Like, Your Honor, he was trying to, you know. I do cite uh, Barbary Coast Bunny. Uh, I do believe that holds up. We'll say, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. So, 
you did mention anime as well. So, I mean, was was anime a big like was that a big thing for you, or was it one of those things that you caught like like Voltron yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was definitely one of, one of those big things. I think in the eighties, it really started uh, filtering in. Like, uh, like definitely as a kid, I saw things like, uh, like Speed Racer and uh, Gacha Man, which was called Battle of the Planets here mm-hmm. in America. But uh, when Robotech came out. That was a big one because I was in junior high and, uh, you know, you're kind of maybe aging out of cartoons. But uh, that one instantly recognized it as something different and the fact that it was serialized. And then you would see that, like, characters would, like, die. And that's it. They're gone. And you're like, what? How did that happen? You know, and uh, and, and then I learned that I, I knew that they're from Japan. And then I learned that they were, like, actually three different series joined into one. So what I would do, uh, being out here in Los Angeles, I would go down into uh, little Tokyo downtown here, and there would be all the Japanese bookstores, and you could find the art of books that nobody made uh, back then for for American cartoons, but they would have all the model sheets and the backgrounds and storyboards and everything like that. So what what did I always do? I always got all my art books and learned how to draw from that. So uh, that was just a big game changer. You know, there's still a lot of little influences that uh, a lot of that has on my art to this day. Yeah, like when you when you mentioned that about um, like Robotech and everything, where characters would die, I'm trying to think like we didn't really have that in American anime. Because I mean, if we go even yeah. go back to old GI Joe, like you yeah. could see people like get out of things before everything exploded. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not at all. I mean, it, it's it's only like even just recently in the past uh, past ten years or so, maybe that there's been. Uh, uh, a change into more serialized storytelling, pro- probably mirroring all the live action uh, stuff now where you have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, continuing storylines. Like, uh, I think, I don't know if that was Adventure Time was maybe one of the first to, like, start having uh, some serialized elements. And uh, it's it's fairly common, I guess, these days, e- even if something isn't tightly serialized, that there are over overarching uh, storylines, you know, leading up to, say, the big bad at, at the end of the season or something. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up... Um adventure time because like that was one of the things that i always like when i was watching it that was one of the things that i was always interested more in in, Mm. because like they would it would be you know five or six episodes of you know just fluffy whatever and then you would get this nugget that is very mature for what this show is and it's on a completely Mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. vibe and then you wouldn't get anything else for like another what seemed forever and then you would get yeah. another nugget, and like I always love that. I wish that they would take all of those and just make one big show out of those. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, well, I'm well, sure someone's gone and made it. Yeah. Like well, well, I guess you could always buy those episodes and just watch those in a row, right? Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> that'll that'll work. Yeah. I mean, but it's. I mean, if I'm getting them off of Amazon, that's what three ninety nine each. Well, you know, if if you love something, support it. I always say, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that. That's often the way that a lot of shows uh, sometimes keep going. I mean, you know, uh, toys uh, can can be some of the big thing. But if people are buying merchandise, or you know, like if season one uh, gets released, it's like, well, if not enough people buy it, you're not going to get season two or four or the entire season. You know, so it's like, yeah, so, sometimes it's it's good to support those shows that you love. Yeah, and it's one it's one of those like I I, I know like there there are some shows that I will go ahead and I will pre order the season like. Um, like Star vs. the Forces of Evil. That's already pre-ordered. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Once that new season comes out, it's already purchased. So, like, I, I do do stuff like that, but it's also one of those where, to me, it's a little bit harder to just find exactly what I'm looking for. 
Mm. I mean, and, and that's like, because I'm a big story guy. Like, that's what I love. I love uh-huh. story. And and that that's one of the things with, like, Star. Like, they, they'll do, you know, random fluff episodes, but then you'll get, like, two really good story episodes mm-hmm. spaced out in between four fluff episodes. So that's why I kind of like that one so much. But it's really mm-hmm. hard for me to find, like, really story-driven shows other than something like Voltron. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, really outside of anime because anime is pretty much like if you want a story with animated characters, you're going to probably watch an anime. Yeah, for real. Yeah, or or yeah, it's got to be the the action stuff that's uh, made for an older audience here. Like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm sure you you've got uh, you got some decisions to make with, with all your streaming content because uh, Young Justice season three is going to be exclusive to the uh, DC streaming uh, oh, channel. Well, I may have uh, gone and already pre-ordered that. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. hey, then 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 you're you're all good and you're supporting the show. So that's. Yeah. You know, that means you'll get maybe another season, right? I, I, that, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, honestly, my thing was, like, I knew that Young Justice was coming out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to love Young Justice. But then I saw the Titans trailer. And I know everybody poo-pooed all over that thing. <laughs> but I watched and I was like, yeah. I remember in the in the good old days of comics when Dick, <laughs> Dick was really pissed off at Batman. And he hated him. And, like, he even, like, my thing is, like, because I, I was telling... uh. One of my friends on another podcast, uh, Liam from Hilt Radio, I was on his show and we were talking about like DC versus Marvel. And I was like, people don't remember, like there was a, a time when Dick hated Batman so much that the whole Nightwing persona, that was Superman. Like there's a lot of people that like either don't know or completely forget about that weird part of comics where Dick Grayson was like Superman's ward for a long time. And yeah, you Superman know, I, was I remember the whole Nightwing thing, and so he just took that from Superman. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that being a little part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I was a Marvel kid growing up, but the one DC comic uh, that I actually read was the New Teen Titans, you know, because they, they were still new at the time. You know, so that's that, that that's funny that I wound up working. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was in it when uh, when he quit being Robin. And was out of it for a little bit, and he put on that that first big, uh, you know, giant pop collar uh, thing there. You know, the original. Uh, uh, what was the one with uh, with Tara and Death? The Judas Contract storyline. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, I remember. You know, it's funny. Maybe it was more in the '90s that he really was hating Batman so much because I remember there was just one scene where it was a crossover one with uh, Batman and the Outsiders, his group that he had in the mid '80s there, and, and the Titans. And there was there was just like a subtle subtle thing where the mayor got on. The, uh, the the communicator to, to talk talk with them about something and Batman instantly said well what can we do mayor and like Robin just says oh, excuse me Batman and he steps in front of the camera is all mayor uh, yeah well, Titans are on this we got this because because they were calling the Titans they weren't calling Batman I was like ooh nice little nice little subtle thing there but uh, you know the whole fuck Batman thing I'm like what you know. what? <laughs> Maybe that well, was in the nineties you know. when everybody was getting all angsty and uh and, oh yeah it's uh, it's two thousand eighteen. It's uh it's streaming now. We can you know, we can have Batman, who cares? We can throw one <laughs> guess, out there. I guess like anything else, I, I always try to keep an open mind and go, Okay, I'm not too sure about that, but um let's wait until it's done and we exactly. watch one, like, you know. And like and, and it's it's like it was a two minute thing, like yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably not one hundred percent finished and polished yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we haven't like 
I'm still waiting on my email from DC to say you can now have access to DC Universe. I'm like, mm. I, there's still a lot of comics that I would like to read in the meantime, please. Mm-hmm, that, that's mm-hmm. the thing that really got me is I, I have, I mean, I already own Batman the Animated Series, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get to watch Batman the Animated Series on there along with all of the, like, their catalog of everything. So I'll be able to watch all of the Justice League stuff. All of the move, like the animated movies. So that's why I, to me, I was like, well, that's worth it right there. Do, like, do you get to watch Super Friends? Um, <laughs> you know what? It says the entire DC catalog. And oh, DC's man. not like Marvel and, you know, sold all their stuff off. Mm-hmm. DC's kind of <laughs> kept everything. So we, if we get to watch Super Friends, oh my goodness, that'll be amazing. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm really anxious to. Now, I, now I'm wanting Super Friends to be on there. See, and and then you're gonna have even less time to watch things. God, I mean, it's it's one of those like I'm I'm trying to I I have uh two two podcasts coming up with uh, some other people um from different podcasts, and I'm in the process of watching like Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works, and then I have to watch all of Outlaw Star. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I've got. A week left, and I'm halfway through Fate. So this oh, is going to be really interesting. <laughs> see, see, I wind up starting things. Uh, my wife and I will be watching some series, and then uh, some some freelance work comes in. I'm like, oh man, they they need this. Like, like next Wednesday, all my evenings are taken now. Can we can can we get back to Orange Is the New Black now? You know, some of the time. And I know Better Call Saul just started up again. You know, yeah, it's everything is always on pause for a while. Yeah, it's and it's it's really hard because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I gotta go to L.A. I gotta go do some voiceover stuff like at the beginning of September. Mm. So I'm like, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be meeting people. I'm not gonna be able to do mm. anything. So oh, it just cuts all of my stuff. But I'm like, if if I don't do this, then I'm kind of like pushed back like where I want to be as a person. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, what comes first, the career or the enjoyment? See there, there you go. When the two start intermingling, it makes it tough. It does. You know? Yeah. Oh man! All right, Chris. Where? Uh, thanks for coming on. I where? Where can all of our wonderful uh, audience members find you? Well, uh, I, I'm Chris Battle Art on Instagram and Tumblr, and um, I guess you could still even find uh, all, all of my old uh, works uh, back on the old Blogspot uh, platform. I, I haven't uh, haven't touched that in in a long time. That was Chris Battle Illustration. But basically, if you just Google my name, Chris Battle, you'll you'll find me. I'm I'm there. <laughs> You'll find a bunch of Chris's fighting each other. That's that's what well, well fortunately it's like ninety eight percent of them is just just all me. You know, that's uh <laughs> just you a know. bunch of Chris's fight. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll put all of uh those links in the show notes. So if you want to check on those, just pull the show notes up, like if you're on iTunes and you can just click on that link and that'll take you directly to either his Tumblr. I'll try and find that blog spot, uh his blog spot or his Instagram, so that way you can find them there. Um my name is Josh and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast, Facebook and Tumblr, Animation Station Podcast, our website, animationstationpodcast.com. You can also find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, any of your favorite podcatchers, or anywhere that podcasts are available. Are available, not more available. Anyway, Chris, again. Be available. 
yeah, be available <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> Chris, thanks, thanks again for coming on, man. It was it was really fun. Hey, happy, happy to be here, Josh. Thanks. No problem at all. So for the Animation Station podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Chris. Bye, everybody. Later. Mighty's Heroes. That was that was a good series. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, uh, but uh, I guess I guess now they're they're all good with uh, with their movies. But I mean, uh, yeah, I haven't had time to watch a lot of them. But I but I liked what I what I saw of some of the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon and stuff, and uh, and, and that new uh, Marvel Rising cartoon with like Spider Gwen and uh, oh, Squirrel yeah. Girl and Marvel Girl. That that looks good. I, I'm, I'm liking that. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the the Spider Man into the Spider Verse that comes out in December. Oh right! My, I've been like, waiting one, for somebody like, to do that. If they can do yeah. that, like if if I mean, because it's it's technically Sony, but I'm like, hey, if yeah. if somebody can start making like really cool Marvel animated stuff, I'll I'll be a Marvel fan again. Yeah, I, and even just me as as an artist, I mean, I've always been frustrated with the fact that it's just like, well, everything just has to look like The Incredibles. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's like, and there's generational things where, where most everybody who comes out of art schools or grows up watching certain things, we all happen to have a generational style. And so everybody's kind of pulling from that. But, it, you know, as, I mean, that's why I like working in television a little more than ever going for features, uh, because especially when I came up in the 90s, it was like, it's the Disney 2D, uh, you know, um, uh, Pocahontas, uh, Little mermaid style that's the only style that everybody's doing whereas in television you get all these cool different graphic styles and things like that i'm just dying for somebody to do different styles in in cg and it's like finally we have something and and it's not like a little kitty musical with the celebrity uh, voices and with a smash mouth song on it it's no it's action you know